It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. Hey, welcome to the show. Good morning, uh, Jay Baker. How are you? I'm doing great, Adam. I'm uh, doing well. Uh, I'm excited to talk about public affairs this morning. Uh, my name is Adam Ritz. You're on board with the Adam Ritz Show. Any questions, comments, concerns, you can contact us through the email form on the website, adamritzshow.com, and we will dive right in with a very cool charity ride uh, starting in Seattle, Washington. And Monster Energy Drink is connected to this. I like to give a tip of my hat to corporations uh, that get involved with community service. And uh, Monster Energy Drink um, really gets behind their athletes. And I know you know you, you walk into a store and you grab a Monster uh, for a little quick energy and, and to quench your thirst, and it tastes delicious. You might not realize Monster Energy uh, Drink is, in, is involved with so many professional athletes. They are uh, very proud of their work that their athletes do, and they support their athletes and their foundation work. And we want to tip our hat to Monster Energy Series race car driver David Reagan, who was involved in something this weekend uh, called the Kyle Petty Charity Ride. It's the 25th anniversary of this thing, so it's a big one. It's the silver anniversary of the Kyle Petty Charity Ride that goes from Seattle to Florida. And we've covered a lot of motorcycle charity events in the past. I think that would be kind of one to put on your bucket list to ride your motorcycle from Seattle to Florida with Kyle Petty. Absolutely. <laughs> and you're absolutely helping the work that Kyle Petty does for, I I think one of his main things involved with is uh, sending kids off to camp. You are either psychic or you're very well versed in foundation work. How did you know that? Well, I know a little bit about NASCAR and I know that Kyle Petty, you know, with the Petty name, it was kind of good and bad in his career. And I think what's interesting is he's had the mantle of being a petty and taken it with some great strides and said, hey, with our family name, we can get some stuff done. Well, his dad, Richard, is involved in the ride. Uh, a, a lot of race car and NASCAR drivers are involved with the ride. So you've got some star power behind it. The ride benefits the Victoria, I'm sorry, the Victory Junction. Junction. The ride benefits the Victory Junction Camp, as you said, it helps kids go to camp, uh, for chronic and critically ill children in Randleman, North Carolina, where the Petties are from. Uh, Victory Junction was established in 2004 to honor the memory of Petty's son, Adam. And here's the amazing thing about last year's ride. Last year's Kyle Petty charity ride raised $1.3 million. That's amazing. <laughs> well, over a million bucks. I mean, we, we cover a lot of charities. And I'm telling you, every dollar counts. If a charity can raise 89 cents, that's worth doing. Uh, but to raise over a million dollars with a single event, that's just unbelievable. The that's outpouring impressive. of support in recent years has meant that more than uh, 8,000 children have been able to attend the camp at no charge. That's amazing. Uh, you can learn more about the Kyle Petty Charity Ride and Victory Junction uh, on our website. We'll put links. Uh, you can click on that at adamritzshow.com. Uh, our thanks to Monster Energy Drink for supporting 
their athletes and their athletes' foundation efforts. Uh, this is the Adam Rich Show. We're brought to you in part by Vibonomics. Thanks for underwriting the uh, show and offering your resources to make sure this show is possible. We're coming to you from the Vibonomics Radio Studios. Uh, Vibonomics is an audio software company, a marketing company. They provide audio experience in brick-and-mortar businesses across the country. If you walk into a, a store, a business, even an open-air space, a, a park, uh, a city uh, uh, space, uh, a downtown maybe, a main street, and you hear some music and then a voiceover message talking about how cool that area is, you're probably listening to Vibonomics. And you can learn more about them at Vibonomics.com. Jay, how are you, and what do you have for me? I hope I'm as psychic with what you're about to talk about as you were with my camp. Well, I think you might be. You know, we talk about how sometimes the weather is just perfect for certain activities, and we're going to talk about gardening and being outdoors. This information comes from no less a source than Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, and the reason why they're involved is nearly 118 million Americans count themselves as gardeners, and that means that nearly 118 million Americans are susceptible to injuries or illnesses connected with gardening. There's actually a fairly large number of people that visit emergency rooms. In fact, emergency rooms treated more than 400,000 injuries each year related to outdoor garden tools. <laughs> I know it's almost comical. You Hopefully, are. their injuries and not fatalities. But yeah, that's pretty serious. I mean, we talk a lot about safety awareness, and you know, with heavy machinery, of course, uh, you've got to watch out for your health and safety. But who would have thought gardening would cause this many uh, problems? Yeah, four hundred thousand visits to the emergency room, and that information comes from the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission. I mean, don't drink the Roundup. Let's start with that. You spray the Roundup on your weeds. You don't drink right. it. I mean, people know this, right? Yeah, you would hope that they do. There is, believe it or not, a movement afoot in my research. You know, I love to research these topics. Apparently, there's a National Gardening Naked Day. We're not going to uh, cover it on this show, but when you hear about how hazardous uh gardening can potentially be, and that there's some very simple, straightforward ways to safeguard yourself, many of them thankfully common sense. You don't have to remember a big, long list of elaborate safety precautions. But after we go through some of this stuff, gardening naked, I cannot recommend it on any level. I'm sorry. The emergency rooms might be at... <laughs> You know, capacity after gardening right. naked day. Yeah, there's you do a, not want to be naked with uh, the sharp gardening tools. Yeah, naked man with a gardening tool injury, your doctor's just going to chuckle. What was that old? Remember the garden weasel? Remember all those sharp? Yes. You do not want to use the garden weasel on garden naked day. Let's say you want to <laughs> scratch someone's back. Do not use the garden weasel. No. <laughs> Please do not. No. Of, of interest is it's pretty simple. It's it can be as simple as just dress to protect yourself. And you probably have been around some people and you think they're being overly cautious. But the garden is an environment where you need to protect yourself from lawn and garden pests, harmful chemicals, sharp or motorized equipment, insects, and harmful rays of too much sun. And that's actually a number of items that are all potentially dangerous. You don't stop to think about that. You got a lot going on. I mean, you think about the pesticides and the chemicals you're inhaling. Yes. Uh, you think about the sun, light, uh, and, the, and the skin cancer awareness issue that that brings to light. 
uh, yeah, there's some things to think about. And we're going to cover some ways that you can protect yourself in a very straightforward way from sun because we all love to do stuff outdoors. I know, Adam, you uh, you love yacht rock, so you like to be out on a boat. You like to listen to music. Yes. You need to protect your skin because, hey, that's the un- envelope that the human being comes in. Mm-hmm. And I think it's good that in America, where we were so tanning conscious in the 80s and 90s, that we've kind of moved away from, if you are going to be out in the sun, you probably have to be as responsible as you can be. I think that getting some sun is healthy. Getting too much sun is kind of a dangerous thing nowadays. And I'm glad that there's some heightened awareness about that. For sure. And if you're gardening, I mean, I'm not a big gardener. But uh, when I do some yard work, it never takes 10 minutes. You're out there for an hour at least. Yes. And an hour of sun on your skin that is not protected, that's a problem. Now, think about this one element about lawn and garden safety. They urge you to protect your hearing. If you have to raise your voice to talk to someone who is an arm's length away, the noise can be potentially harmful to your hearing. There are a couple of our neighbors who have particularly loud mowers. And, you know, we always talk about wanting to do something nice for somebody. I like to pay things forward. If I could afford to, I'd buy them an electric mower because their mowers are so loud. I hope that they are wearing some kind of ear protection. And while you bring up the loud mower, I'll just say as a public service announcement, uh, and I hope my neighbor is listening right now, don't mow your lawn at 6.45 in the morning. I know the sun is rising earlier. The days are longer. You can get your yard work done by 8 a.m., but some of us are sleeping until yes. 8, 9, 10, maybe 11 o'clock it was uh, funny, on a Saturday morning. funny you said that. <laughs> One Sunday morning, I was uh, up early for an event, and I realized that the guy behind me was mowing, and it was barely dawn, and uh, I thought, my goodness. Yeah. No. So just uh, not only protect your hearing, but protect the sanctity of the relationship with your neighbors. With your neighbor. Yes. Absolutely. Neighbor relations. They do urge you to wear gloves to lower the risk for skin irritation, cuts, and certain contaminants. And in the past, wearing gloves in the yard, always kind of a pain. This is usually a warm weather activity. But there's a number of very interesting gloves that you can get at uh, hardware and home improvement stores as well as gardening centers that are very easy to wear, good idea to wear, helps protect your hand, and keeps you away from some of these things that can be harmful for you. Now, I saw this one, and I thought instantly of you. Here's the tip. If you are going to garden, warm up. Warm up? I thought, my goodness, you're kidding me. But just like an athlete does before a game, you should warm up before digging in the garden. Walk around your garden for a few minutes and do some pre-gardening stretches. Why in the world did you think of me when you read that? I laughed because I knew you'd instantly go, why would you warm up? (laughs) But then I thought to myself, you know what my answer for this is? This shows other gardeners that you're a force to be reckoned with. It really does. <laughs> I you will are, out-garden you. You are telling your neighbor, do not mess with my daffodils. When I do some stretching, you're going to see some <laughs> plants and some green lawn that you're going to have to deal with. You'll be like a professional wrestler out there, getting yourself ready to garden like a champion. I'm going to have to YouTube uh, gardening calisthenics. You've got to think Warm that up. somebody out there has a YouTube video of how to stretch out before you garden. Today on the Adam Rich Show, as you drive down the road or listen to this in your kitchen having a cup of coffee, you're saying to yourself, that is the single greatest gardening tip that I've ever received in my life. 
And that's what your show's all about, Adam, is touching lives and changing people, helping people cope with the tough things there are in life. If you don't warm up, I cannot help you. Now, I don't, you know, don't want to poke too much fun at that because I think, uh, you know, just this week I was working on my lawnmower and four minutes into it, my back was killing me because I'm bent over, I'm in an odd angle. You know, maybe stretching out would have helped. I'm not going to poke fun at that. No, and Adam's pretty tall, so I think a lot of standard equipment is not at that right height because, you know, they always try to guess at about what your waist height is going to be. So handles on equipment are set for that. Uh, Yours are the same height that uh, Herman Munsters are set Mm -hmm. at. So they're, you know, so I'm going to guess for you some activity can be stressful to your back. I'll even say, I hate to interrupt you, but... uh, it's easy to f- make fun of of stretching and calisthenics before you garden. But when I look at it from this perspective, at my age, I look at uh, when I mow my lawn, I look at that as a, a cardiovascular workout. You know, I don't run much anymore, my joints, my hips. I mean, I'm older. And I look at a good hour behind the lawnmower as, as some calorie-burning exercise. So why wouldn't you, before you go do an hour of exercise, warm up a little bit? I think you're absolutely right on about that. Um, you know, so many people wear these sports trackers. The sports tracker that I have knows when I cut my grass because it can tell that I'm moving around in a small section back and forth. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it tries to match it with an exercise, known exercise, and it realizes, well, you're not out running, you're not out biking. You must be in your yard. You're undoubtedly mowing your lawn. And it gives you some credit uh, for mowing your lawn. So you're right. There is some physical exertion. So warming up ahead of time, not a bad idea. They also urge you, and you walked right into this, and you are right on. You need to do things like avoid repetitive motions. Many gardening activities require that you do the same thing over and over again. If you're planting something, you're doing the exact same motions. They do... uh, Urge you to switch up your tasks, if you can, every 15 minutes and take breaks in between some of the main tasks that you are doing. Uh, Avoid bending. If you kneel instead of bending, it will put less strain on your back. And for extra comfort, consider wearing knee pads. Have you ever seen those contractor-style knee pads? Yeah. They have a lot of them for gardening. They're not a bad idea. And I got to tell you, for whatever reason... um, I've always had my weak link is being on my knees, which is in a, kind of a gardening thing. Knee pads make a big difference. You might feel a little strange wearing knee pads, but your knees will thank you later. And you might even have something in your garage that can act as a knee pad, uh, maybe an old stadium seat yes, that you used was, to take to a high school football game. I, that's when I was working on my lawnmower. I have a it's actually a gardening pad. Yeah, I've for, got a foam pad yeah, as well so for that I, exact same reason. Because my knee, I was in the driveway, and I just didn't want to kneel on concrete. So I used this gardening pad. Yeah, and there's something about that point on your knee that feels especially good on concrete, doesn't yeah. it? Which is another thing. Well, this show doesn't cover this specifically. Don't fall onto concrete. That's our yeah. other advice today. And if you're gardening on concrete, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Very few things will grow in I, concrete. Yeah, I was fixing my lawnmower. I wasn't gardening. <laughs> this guy's an idiot. He's gardening in his driveway. Thanks for the tip, Adam. Uh, so we uh, urge you to uh, to avoid bending. Check your lifting is an important thing, too. Many things in the garden are heavier than you might think. Even a bucket full of dirt, if you're doing some work, 
can be very heavy. I always buy those 40-pound bags of mulch. By the time I schlep those around, you're pretty whooped. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's just that that's that's quite enough. It's like mulch for a couple hours and then watch what's on TV is my my mm-hmm. uh, guideline on that. They do urge you to use an insect repellent containing DEET. I know there's always a controversy whenever you put a chemical on your body, but a lot of these insect repellents have been properly endorsed by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration because the number one thing that you want to avoid is mosquitoes and ticks. We still, despite the wonderful advances we've made in medicine, mosquitoes and ticks still cause a lot of problems health-wise in our, our world. And you probably have heard, especially with ticks, Rightly so do we become very alarmed that you might pick up a tick because there are two or three conditions that are spread by ticks, including Lyme disease. I'll be darned. That's the last thing I would have thought of going out to do some yard work and gardening. And the weird thing is, you know, a tick is just doing his job. So he looks around for you to jump on, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Now, we talked about lowering your risk for sunburn and skin cancer. This is some pretty important stuff and something that sometimes, um, if you're like me, perhaps you're inclined to kind of blow this off and just think, oh, I'm, I'll be fine. I'm going to only be out in the sun for a couple of hours. But they do urge you to wear long sleeves, which sounds inconvenient, but I've got two or three T-shirts that aren't uncomfortable and they're long-sleeved. And I have found that's really helped me a lot lately. Well, they've got that, uh, you know, weather tech uh, fabric now yeah. that uh, almost feels like you're not wearing a shirt at all. Yes. Let so alone sleeves. There's a lot of synthetic shirts, so don't necessarily shy away from long sleeves. They will help you. Uh, wearing sunglasses is a good idea. Sunscreen is important, but you need a sun protective factor SPF of 15 or higher. So you want to take a look. I've heard that there's a theoretical limit of where you know, no matter what the sunscreen says past a certain point, it's not going to necessarily increase to that level. And I believe that's around 40. I've heard the same thing. Because I've seen 70, there's 70 SPF. And I think once you get past 40, uh, your best bet is just to wear flannel. I think is what I've heard. Sure. Uh, there's nothing really better than 40 sure. until so you get to flannel. If you've got a good <laughs> SPF, 15 to 40 probably will suit you very well. And then there's an also another factor that's been factored into the formulation of these SPF sunblocking products is ultraviolet A and B protection. That's something that's just gotten added the last couple of years. Have you noticed that? I did not know. There's now another thing to worry about. Yeah, there is kind of. A and B. I was at the state fair a couple of years with some friends of mine, and I'd kind of spaced, oh, I'm going to be walking around in the sun for a while. So I actually popped into the gift shop and bought this SPF. Um, It was about 30, but it had the A and B protection. I smeared that on. I'm sure I look like a dork. I, I, I look like a dork in public anyway. But you know something? That stuff really worked. So I really do believe in some of these things because I'll read these and I think someone's just going to go, they're lecturing me again. But this is actually great news. If you've had your skin doctor yell at you, you want to get mm-hmm. the A and B protection in the ultraviolet range. Here's something goofy. Find a wide-brimmed, wide-brimmed hat that you like. Even if you get one of those ball caps, you're keeping sun off of parts of your body. 
Keep in mind that between 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. during daylight savings time, which most of us uh, honor here in the United States, that's the most hazardous period for UV exposure in the continental U.S. 4 to 8 p.m.? 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. I was not even close. Yeah. Was I even here? Well, am I in this conversation? No. <laughs> okay. It just shows a- you how easy this is to sort of, you 10 know. 10 to 4. I was thinking about, I heard you say 4 p.m. and I, okay. 8 p.m. Yeah. There, yeah. There's not much of a tan going on at 8 o'clock at night. <laughs> no, but that helps you too. Let's say you're going to go to an event that, you know, I've gone to a All few events concerts. that start at 4 35 o'clock. You don't have to worry as much. You still want to be cognizant that you might be in the sun. But I think that's a huge relief to know that that's a lessened time of sun exposure, as is pre-10 a.m. As you know, many summer activities start early. Uh, You sign up for the local 5K many times in in the summertime. That's going to be at 8 a.m. Yeah, you can be you can get your running done. You're done. You don't you you should be cognizant of being out in the sun, but you don't have to worry. Something starts at noon. Obviously, you want to be hyper aware that you are getting a lot of sun exposure. So why not find a hat? It's so funny. I look dreadful in hats, but I actually found a hat that my wife says, you know, you don't look that bad in it. And it's it's a big wide brimmed hat and I wear it all summer long. What is it like a safari hat or it uh, is like a safari hat? <laughs> Gilligan, maybe it, it, bucket hat. Or? Well, no, bucket hat isn't good. You have to have wide brim. Oh, you, okay. It's more. It's closer to what the military calls a boonie hat. Have you seen those? I, I can envision it. Yeah. Yeah, special forces guys wore them a lot in Vietnam era because they were fighting in canopy jungle, and they realized, hey, we need a hat. You know, a helmet is good, but a helmet offers very little SPF factor. So, believe it or not, sun, if you're fighting in a jungle, is more important than a helmet. So, special forces guys got these boonie hats. And, of course, now we have civilian versions of them so that you don't look like you're Rambo. Speaking of warming up before gardening, all of a sudden you come out of your house looking like (laughs) there may be a problem. I mean, if you've got a bulletproof vest on and... Uh, what happened to our gear. neighbor? Yeah, <laughs> go gardening. This guy is serious. Well, we know a couple of guys that would be wearing tactical gear in their gardens. <laughs> <laughs> it My makes goodness. us laugh, but it's pretty. Well, I want to see your hat that you well, uh, look so good in. Maybe we'll I'm going to be, link I'm gonna to be that wearing it. I'm going to be wearing it into work here soon, and I think you're going to look at this and you go. Ordinarily, you look goofy. Long pause in a hat, but not today. Not today. You seem perfectly fine. Uh, So we do urge you to lower your risk for sunburn and skin cancer. And that brings us back to the powered and unpowered tools and equipment can cause some serious injury. So one of the things, and I thought this was great, is limit distractions. You're using a power equipment. Let's say you're trying to make sure your dog hasn't run off into the side yard or that your kids haven't run into the street. If you limit distractions, that helps you a lot with any kind of equipment. And even non-powered equipment can be potentially dangerous, as we know. Hedge clippers, saws, things of that nature. Oh, for sure. Yeah, don't text and mow. How about this one? Follow instructions and warning labels on chemicals and lawn and garden equipment. You chuckle at the simplicity of that. But, Adam, you've owned lawn and garden equipment. Have you ever... And I'm not putting you on the spot because I don't either. 
the last mower I bought had these big icons, circles with lines through them. And I was actually glad they did. I thought there's a couple of little bullet points that they put on the large warning label. And I thought, that's good because I read no other instructions about using this mower. Other than the, the safety yeah. messages. Yeah, uh, yeah. admittedly, uh, you busted me. I haven't really read uh, the instructions on how to on, on any of the gardening equipment I've ever used or weed killer or chemicals. Uh, so, yeah, maybe it'd be nice to know if I mix this weed killer with that uh, fertilizer, it's going to cause uh, some sort of explosion. Right. Well, and you have to be very careful uh, applying chemicals to your lawn. You certainly want to limit uh, the amount of chemicals that you put on your lawn. Only use the very least amount that you can for the sake of our environment. But you also want to protect yourself. So you want to think in terms of, once again, long sleeves, long pants, possibly one of those face masks, which you can buy at the hardware store as well might look a little strange, but you'll also be a much safer individual. You don't want to be one of those guys that shows up in the emergency room doing something seemingly as innocuous as home gardening. I grew up with asthma. I will say uh, one of the tips I got as a young man was to breathe through your nose when you mow the lawn. Because if you're, you know, especially with allergy season, stuff floating around in the air, if you're exerting energy to mow the lawn, you may be breathing through your mouth to get more oxygen. If you can, breathe through your nose because your nose can filter out a lot of that dead grass that's floating around that you're walking through breathing in. Have you found after cutting the grass under certain types of the season that you do have a little tougher time breathing? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, especially if I breathe through my mouth. <laughs> no, <laughs> absolutely. It, well, that's why I'm asking you because I do think that certain times of the year – uh, the pollen count is up and a lot of other things. So it's good to be very aware of that. Now, as you might imagine, with outdoor gardening comes exposure to the ambient temperatures. It's usually much warmer in the spring and summer, which is a duh. But think about this. You have to know your limits in the heat. Even being out for short periods of time in high temperatures can cause serious health problems. So you need to monitor your activities and time in the sun to lower your risk for heat-related illness. Without question. And I don't mind uh, throwing my dad under the bus right now. Uh, my parents live in Florida. Uh, they're enjoying the twilight years, if you will. My dad spends a lot of his time outdoors doing yard work and just messing around in the yard. And he will go hours without drinking a sip of water. And then all of a sudden, in that Florida heat, he gets a little woozy and has to come in the house and sit down, get in the air conditioning. He's sweating like a senator senator on trial. And right. It's like, Dad, did you have you drank any water today? No, no. So, Dad, I'm busting you now, and I want to remind everybody, including myself, to have a water or hydration while you're outside working in the heat this summer. And it can be just a generational thing because I think that our dads were raised in that era of, Listen, I sell a lot of John Wayne movies. Yeah. I don't need any water when I'm gardening. Yeah. So, yes, you're right. So you need to be really careful for that. Uh, what Adam said, you need to drink more fluids. Now, you might think to yourself, hey, it's summertime. The fluids they say to avoid contain alcohol or large amounts of sugar. So if you're drinking margaritas to replenish yourself, you might say to yourself, 
alcohol, large amounts of sugar, not a good idea. You may feel a brief elation. However, if you find yourself staring up at the sky wondering what happened, you want to avoid alcohol in the hot. And I think most people have heard that. We do enjoy sporting events sometimes in the summer. I know a lot of people love to attend, let's say, a NASCAR race. You still need to be very careful about drinking a lot of alcohol in the heat. Uh, They say to take breaks. Something as simple as resting in a shaded area kind of helps your body's thermostat have a chance to recover. Stop working if you experience breathlessness or muscle soreness. Now, for me, uh, the muscle soreness uh, kicks in at the 30-second mark, but I am still very aware (laughs) of heat. (laughs) That's when I realize perhaps I should get a young man in my neighborhood pay him $10 an hour to finish my lawn and garden work. Nothing wrong with that. I think a lot of people listening are like, I love gardening. I give my neighbor kid 20 bucks a week and he does it. He and loves my yard the garden. looks great. Absolutely. So we got this from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, cdc.gov. Lots of common sense as the weather changes and you get out and do things in your garden. Be safe. More people get injured in the garden than you might imagine cdc.gov. And we'll have a link to that website on our website, adamritzshow.com. One of the things you mentioned that jumped out at me is wearing uh, sunglasses in the sun. Uh, For me, if they're sturdy sunglasses, I advise using them when you're doing weed eating because they can protect your eyes too from little debris, gravel, rocks flying up into your face. Absolutely. Very important to protect your eyes. Our thanks to the Kyle Petty Charity Ride and Monster Energy Drink for getting involved with making this country a better place. More information, you know where to go. Check out the website, adamritzshow.com. We'll see you again next time. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.